Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is episode 301, Suicide Pact. I'm Brian. This is Daryl. And we're obviously talking about Suicide Squad this week, Daryl. And a couple other And other things. stuff. But we're talking about Suicide Squad, and I'm going to warn you right now, there's no way I can talk about this movie without spoiling it. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, I'm giving you a solid 20-minute <laughs> warning before we get to the Suicide Squad. Um <laughs> pause come back later or listen to the first two bits and then come back later um but yeah uh and also is the suicide sorry squad. you're right the it's like the Ohio michigan State university <laughs> or the iowa state university <laughs> or the miami university <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I have some problems with our alma mater that I'll get into <laughs> with you off off mic. Yeah, we talked um, a little bit about we that. We did, uh, it's, the but other it's day. still like not. It's worse. Oh, dude, the, the comments section. Let's just say they've made no one happy. So uh, I was about to say, is this like Star Lord where it's like trash panda? He's like, is that worse? Yeah, it's so right. much worse. It's so much worse. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, uh, all right. So we are back from episode three hundred. Uh, we actually haven't recorded in like two weeks. Um, yeah, because I was uh, I was on vacation in Hilton Head. Um, I got bit by a starro. I mean, a jellyfish. Uh, I guess stung is the accurate term. Yes. Um, but it did not slow me down. And to answer all of your questions that you're thinking, no, no one had to pee on me. Oh. <laughs> so um, if if you get stung by a jellyfish and you're in the ocean, the salt water will actually take care of that for you. So just don't get out of the water. Um, heads up. I stayed in the water like one day for literally four hours. Dude, did you get just like when you look like a raisin? No, or you don't prune like in salt water, like in the bath. Yeah, oh, that's not, yeah, yeah. Shows how long it's been since I've been in salt so, water. I uh, I like the ocean is my natural habitat. Oh. So I just don't have gills to be able to breathe. I was, about water. To, I was about to say, do you have gills? Do you Dude, do you have webbed feet and fingers? Um, I don't have webbed fingers. <laughs> 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 um, I do not have webbed. Feet, but I do like the webbing in my toes is like longer, so like goes oh. further down my toes. Um, but uh, that's why, I, and I have giant feet, so that's why I was a naturally great swimmer. Uh, I had paddles, did you a tail or anything flippers. like that? To... No, no, no. Um, when the ki- for like I don't know the 14 years the kid's been alive, just about I've can I've been telling her she had a tail when she was born. <laughs> <laughs> and that all the women in her in on her mom's side of the family had tails when they were born, and the dads have to cut it off like the umbilical cord, and it's traumatic. Oh my goodness! Anyway, and oh, I was like, hilarious. but it was so cute. It was just like going back and forth. <laughs> Anywho, um, yeah. All right, so yeah, so we're talking. Uh, Let there be carnage. Uh, trailer number two that came out um and the black widow drama that has been going on since like right before we stopped recording um after or actually like right after we did the black widow uh review like all of this stuff started coming out about scarlett johansson and getting paid and 
Um, we definitely have opinions on that, and we've definitely got some really we, – we, there's a really great article from The Hollywood Reporter um, about that. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and, and get started, Daryl. Let to there, quote Mills Lane. Let there be. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. Um, let there be carnage. Uh, Venom, Venom Two. Um, let there be carnage. I guess, or is it just Venom? Let there be carnage. It's Venom. Let there be carnage. Okay. So, uh, so we got a two minute ish, two two minute thirty second trailer. Uh, came out like a couple days ago. So we're recording this on the seventh. So it's been like five days, but it's still worth talking about. Uh, I, I have to say this is, uh, one of this and the Ghostbusters afterlife trailer that just came out actually have me hyped for two movies that I don't want to (laughs) see. I I mean, like there's, I I don't think there's any other way I can put that. (laughs) That's actually a good way of putting it. Uh, although I will say I do want to see this one Ghostbusters afterlife, the trailer actually did make me interested in wanting to see it. But you know, I had wanted to see Venom just because I liked the first Venom, despite its blahness. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are aspects I really liked about it. And this one, the best thing about this trailer is that Woody Harrelson is not wearing that terrible, terrible wig that he did at the end of Venom. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, they didn't know if they were getting a Venom too, let's be honest. Yeah. And uh, that was the tease. But... Woody Harrelson looks great in this. Um, I, yeah. Like I think Tom Hardy looks like he doesn't look like he's a strung out meth head in every scene in this trailer, whereas in every scene in Venom he looks like a strung out meth head. Yeah. Um. I like the I like the way they're kind of working together. Um. You know Eddie and Eddie and Venom. Um. I, I wish they hadn't spoiled how Cletus gets his part of the symbiote again this is one of those things that trailers can do sometimes it's we don't need to see this just if they would have showed him on the bed on like you know doing his convulsions or whatever fine yeah we don't need to see how it happens that's i and i blame the marketing team at sony Mm -hmm. like i don't blame whoever's directing this i guess i should know that yeah Um. andy (laughs) circus is andy circus directing this yes i forgot about that i just No. Really, it is Andy Circus. Wow. Yeah, I was because I was the, looking up the release Tom Hardy date wrote for the this story. Or the oh, story really? is by Tom Hardy and Kelly Marcel. Interesting. I didn't so, know that part. She co-wrote Saving Mr. Banks, and uh, wrote the film that. Fifty Shades of Grey. So, uh, well, uh, mm. yeah. Well, there's there's a little 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 shadowy stuff about Venom. So, yeah, well, you know. There's there's lots of the shades possibilities. of possibilities. There's lots of shades of black of venom. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if this but, is yeah. gonna lead to Morbius. If like there's gonna be some like in credit scene here for Morbius or uh, so for whatever reason I completely forgot about Morbius. I don't. That's next year, right? Twenty twenty two. Yeah. Yeah. Again, so this one a is. Movie I have no interest in. Yeah. I, again, so I did. I did like the trail, the first trailer for Morbius, and yeah, I, that was one of those characters I, I read here and there when I was, you know, growing up. Yeah. Uh, but I actually thought it looked okay, even though it was it looked like a PG thirteen film. Yeah. 
which I, I, I believe this is rated R, correct? Uh, I th- um, thought it was. Because the first one was not R, was it? No, it was PG-13, I believe. Yeah, so, I, you know, I mean, who cares? I mean, here's the thing. The first one made like $900 million. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Um, no, I did not. And, not yeah, at all. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought the trailer looked nice. Um, nice. I, I, Carnage I think, looks great. Uh, yeah, I liked... I actually liked the CG with Venom in the first one. Um, oh, I did too, yeah. What I didn't like was Tom Hardy and his you know, meth addict, method acting. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. This is cool. Plus it had a Rurock helmet in it, which I was telling you about oh, the geez. motorcycle helmets, which <laughs> yeah. is like, it's my, my skate and snow, my skating and skiing helmet is a Rurock. And like, I keep looking at the motorcycle helmets to get for the e-bike. Um, cause the skiing helmet going, 35 miles an hour will not hold up anywho um <laughs> go by Ruruk, not a sponsor uh but no i thought it looked cool and and i really kind of can't wait and then we get um you know some of the other symbiotes as well yeah there's so, is that shriek, shriek that's in there yeah, Naomi yeah. harris is playing shriek um, okay so i mean honestly like they could they could legitimately do at least one more Venom movie before they introduce Spider-Man and it, it, it mm-hmm. would be okay. And if you flip the script a little bit where Venom abandons Eddie and joins with Peter and then Peter rejects it. And so Venom goes back to Eddie after Eddie gets his life together could be a really interesting way to tell that story. Yeah. So. I, I, yeah, I would, I, I would like that. And I am looking forward to this. Or Eddie could, again. Venom could go back, and Eddie could become anti-Venom in that case, and Venom could split off and be something different. Yeah, there, there, there's definitely a lot of material they can use. Yeah, you know, in, in this in the direction they're going, I think they're probably going to sooner rather than later connect this with Spider-Man. Yeah. Just, I just kind of how the studios usually do this type of stuff. Here's the thing: is I would like it to connect to the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, so we could get Joe Manganiello back as Flash Thompson, and then he could be Agent Venom, because the kid in Far From Home and Homecoming and no, he's way too soy latte to be a badass who could control the symbiote. Yeah, you, you that would not be believable but from the character we've gotten. If you bring it back with Toby, that would be kind of cool because you have like a middle-aged Spider-Man. I mean, you, we are going to see this, you know, the far from home and how it connects to the multiverse and multiple spy. No way home. This is no way home. Uh, I, and that's one of those things that I know we're get, getting a little off the track, but just where I'm just not sure of. If, am I excited or am I wary of where the MCU is going in regards to the multiverse? You know, all the other stuff I'm more wary about, but the multiverse itself, because I don't, I know some people would have issues with it. I don't have a problem with the multiverse, with the, the idea of a multiverse. I've, you know, I've mm-hmm. read many books and I don't mean just comics, but other properties and other like novels and sci fi that deal with stuff like that. So you can do it fine. It's just, 
I don't know. I'm just kind of, I'm a little bit wary, but I'm I'm also excited because I know the possibilities. Yeah, I think like time travel multiverses are lazy and multiverses will open up to uh Eric July having a heart attack in a coronary because yeah, of all the tokenization I, that's gonna come from the multiverse. Yeah, and, and that's my that's my worry because I'm I'm really excited for what if. I don't think offhand that multiverse stories or time travel stories are lazy i think what what it is it does give a buffer for writers to be lazy and maybe that's humanity you know humans natural uh direction when they can do something a little bit easier because good times travel stories in in books that i've read are very complicated very or can be very complicated and very intriguing but again to to the point because it's time travel, because it's multiverse, it is there is an easy way to be. I think that stuff works in books and comics better than live action because yeah, I, you get I, the yeah, inner monologue. Get... And on live action, the only movie that's ever done really good inner monologue was American Psycho. Was what American Psycho? Oh, <laughs> I mean seriously, yeah. name me another movie yeah, that that's was actually good. done it good. Or done it. It's well, usually they so. go overboard. Yeah, yeah they so. just kind of, or they drop it like halfway through. Yeah. So, all right, right. let's move on to uh, to Black Widow while we can. Um, <laughs> so this has been like way more interesting than even the uh, the movie, the drama, the <laughs> drama after the movie. Uh, <laughs> like yeah, this honestly, this is my article. favorite part of the Black Widow movie. <laughs> Um, so there's a, an amazing article from the fourth, uh, written by Kim masters on the Hollywood reporter from the Hollywood reporter, um, links in the show notes, Disney versus Scarlett Johansson, why a ton of lawsuits may be next in a ton of lawsuits is in quotes. And then the subhead as the Bob Chapek led regime goes to war with a Marvel star, Hollywood stars and creatives fear the end of massive back end deals. Um, so this this Black Widow was a really interesting litmus for the release day and date on a streaming service and in the theater. Uh, I think I told you there's we're not going to see another billion dollar movie for you know six or seven years, uh, maybe ten, and because they're going to keep doing this because two two million households, according to Disney, watched watched this in the opening weekend. Um. Now, Scarlett Johansson claims, and I'm just, you know, I'm going through this for people who don't know, who don't obsess about this shit like we do. Um, <laughs> uh, Scarlett Johansson claims that her contract said that it was exclusively going to be in theaters. Um, and they went ahead and, and did this anyway, so she's owed like $50 million, somewhere between 20 and $50 million on top of the $20 million that she got. Um, I'll be honest, I thought $20 million for her salary was kind of low. Yeah. Uh, considering when you look at, at all of the Avengers and the movies they do outside of the Avengers, she actually has the she's the bigger box office draw than any of the men. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, like, I mean, Chris, Chris Evans only does like independent movies outside of the Marvel movies. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, as much as we love him, has a string of just really bad movies. Um, Mark Ruffalo has you know just i mean nobody wants to go see a mark ruffalo movie let's be honest no um and then robert downey jr has just done some weird stuff i think 
um, you know, like the judge was a bomb and Doolittle was bomb. Well, I mean, Doolittle was going to be a bomb anyway. I mean that yeah. like the Eddie Murphy Doolittle didn't do so hot either, even though it got a sequel. Um, so yeah, I was, I was, I was shocked to hear that she only made 20 million, which is weird to say, right? She only made 20 million. Um, yeah. but there are rumors that, uh, um, Emma Stone and Emily Blunt and The Rock are also considering suing Disney for the day and date release. Um, I will say this: all three of these movies are unqualified are are, quali- are qualified bombs um, as far as box office returns. I didn't even see what the box office of Jungle Cruise was. Oh, it was uh, it was not good. Let me I can pull that up quickly. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. What are your What are your thoughts on? I mean, because you're a Star- ScarJo stan. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know which super simp suit is tighter, your Henry Cavill or your ScarJo. <laughs> so I, I like how you summarized this and pointed out that she is by far a bigger box office draw, and her movies itself are her movies are unequivocally better in relation to any of these other you know, then, then the Chris's or, mm-hmm. you know, RDJ or Ruffalo, you'd look at some of the movies she's been in. Like we bought a farm. We, uh, what was it? Uh, Jojo rabbit. I mean, Jojo I rabbit. Mean, I mean, even like Lucy did well at the box office, even Lucy, though it wasn't yeah. great a movie, uh, that in deep waters did well for like, you know, I think it was like four or $5 million budget. It was, it was, it was nothing. Um, but yeah, it's just, she, she's, She's her, far like, and away. Yeah. The only yeah. the only other Marvel actor who outdraws her and outdraws her significantly is Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. So uh it was a <laughs> so it's a two hundred million dollar budget for the Jungle Cruise, seventy seven point three million dollar box office so far. And let me guess, they didn't tell their Disney numbers. Uh they they have not posted the Disney numbers that I So that see probably now. means it didn't do well, do too well. So uh I mean it's <laughs> So I'm going to talk about Rotten Tomatoes a lot when we talk about the Suicide Squad, but it's, it's holding a 63% um, Jungle Cruise on, on Rotten Tomatoes. So, For critics? Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, so, yeah, I, I, just kind of continuing with that, you know, you hear that $20 million. Yeah, $20 million would almost be that base salary for someone like her, even maybe a little bit more than that. And then you talk about the, not even the incentives, but just the bonuses should almost double that considering, again, you look at her track record, you look at her movies, you compare her movies with all our other, you know, MCU stars and the box offices of those movies, the critic ratings, the fan ratings. And she, she is, you know, her and Pratt are running away with it in the sense of, just overall their their you know their overall portfolio mm-hmm. and one of the th- notes i wrote kind of getting a little bit deeper into this is how is would would you have guessed that warner media warner brothers would have done something better as is as, as it pertains to these you know superhero movies than marvel and then than disney well i think and this th- i think so and and the reason for that is they didn't charge a premium price 
on Max to watch any of this stuff. Warner's doesn't. Yeah. And they uh, proactively said, hey, go, go, dot. here's an additional, I, I want to say it was like $13 that's, million. Dollars. Yeah, and that's where um, I was going with that. Like, they, did a, yeah. they did that proactive, yeah, partially because a bunch of people made a stink about it the second they said, hey, we're going to release these movies. Yeah, this and again, this was re- before the the plan was fully formulated. But they're like, "Hey, we're going to release these movies on HBO Max," and quite a few people are like, "Uh, uh, no." Well, okay. So here's the thing: is HBO Max has been it's their their subscriptions have started to pick up, and I'm I'm yeah. going to say this right now, and you know, for bang for the buck, HBO Max is the best streaming service on the web, one hundred percent. I don't know about there that. is there's so much content on there. They put so much new stuff out on a regular basis and they have mm-hmm. stuff for everyone. Like it's not all like, you know, there's not just woke stuff. There's not just, you know, uh, superhero fair. There's a lot of really cool stuff. I mean, secession is coming back. Uh, uh, succession. Sorry, not secession. That's a completely different. <laughs> sorry, Freudian slip. Um, uh but no, it, like there, there's so much more on there to watch, and yeah. you look at like versus Disney Plus, which has a new like maybe three new shows come out every couple weeks. You know, there it, it's it's not the content machine. Um, Netflix is still like the most content, but their content has gone. Their content is is kind of falling off a cliff right now as far as quality goes. Are you talking about their original content? Yeah, their originals. Yeah, yeah it, it's falling so off I, a cliff. So yeah, well, I, I would still put Netflix up there because it 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 has much more content now. Which what you just said too, their original content has definitely been lackluster over consistently lackluster, especially the last year and a half that I've been paying attention to it. You know, there's been good stuff on there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, some good shows, but. It's it's almost like a one for one on Netflix, and and that's I'm not sure if they can just continually sustain that right. sense of throwing all this money out at, and it's not just Netflix, but these streaming services. But yeah, to what you were saying, as far as not charging a premium for these movies, mm-hmm. what, as well as saying, "Hey, gal," or uh, "Yeah, gal," uh, here's yeah. here's here's some extra. I don't even know what they gave here's her some, bonuses. Here's some but, cheddar. Uh, yeah. but the fact go buy that yourself a dress, sweetheart. Yeah, the fact that Disney didn't think about doing that, it kind of yeah. falls in line with one of the insiders say Disney is known for lowballing talent. Well, yeah. So and it's it's because hey, we're Disney, we can do this. And again, for the most part, it hasn't bitten them in the ass. And what's going on here might be that. And again, this is still developing. It's only been going on a couple of weeks. This could right. be going on for a while. So there's a there's a couple of paragraphs here in this Hollywood Reporter article. So it says here, it appears clear that Chapek, who has been, as noted in Johnson's lawsuit, rewarded on Wall Street for his focus on building Disney+, Plus, believes it's time to establish that the days of epic eight- or nine-figure profit-sharing paydays are over. He is hardly alone in that belief. Other media giants also are all up um, up. Or sorry, are all about the upfront one-time payment, so no back end, you know, no points at the end. But talent mm-hmm. and their representatives fought for and won them, and obviously now are going to fight to keep them. In time, it's likely to have uh, have company on 
okay. In time, Johansson is likely to have company on the battle lines. It's much bigger. It's a much bigger existential fight than she's real that she's really leading, says producer Jason Blom, um, who everyone knows we are a huge fan of of Jason yeah. and, and Blomhouse in, in general. Um, it's very difficult. It's a very difficult thing to do. It's really brave to do. She's fighting for all of for all of talent. Financially, Blom is set for multiple lifetimes, but still wants streamers <laughs> to share revenues with talents and success. He acknowledges his hypocrisy in that he signed a rich deal with Universal to make three Exorcist movies for a large but flat upfront fee, a model that he hopes isn't sustainable. Alternative to paying talent, he notes, is paying the corporation. And he asks, how is that better? So how is it? So my question to you is the the more the the more disney plus gets as far as subscribers and then what viewer numbers that they put out if they're to be believed right they get a bump mm-hmm. in the stock market um yeah but the 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 people who are in the content don't get to see unless they're shareholders they don't get to see um you know any benefit to that bump necessarily if they're getting a one time fee if you are beholden to the honesty of these corporations who are getting paid through subscriptions and premium fees and, you know, um, believe it or not, there's a ton of advertising in movies that, that you know, um, as far as product placement, things like that, um, you know, the corporations see all of that and don't necessarily pass that on to the talent. So who's more important? The, the corporations who are distributing these movies um, or the talent who is creating and then acting in these movies and then uh, producing. It's, so it's a difficult I, I, thing to answer. Uh, one more point. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, but when a movie like Iron Man, for example, comes out, like that was it. Iron Man was an independent film put on by Marvel, uh, distributed by universal and had, Backers had financing from, you know, individuals and, and, and companies all around the world, right? So when Disney makes the Avengers, I want to say something like forty-five to fifty-five percent of that money came from a company in China. Wow. So in in you know when you when you when you're looking at at this stuff, you have to look at okay, when when a movie comes out in the theater, the theater gets a cut. And the theater should get a really big cut, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because they have the uh, the overhead. <laughs> um, and I'm not saying the theater should get 50 percent. I'm saying that, you know, the theater should get like 40 percent. The studios should get, you know, another, you know, 40 percent. And then that last 20 percent should go towards, like you know, the other things that are involved with this. But the studios are in charge of paying for all the marketing. Mm-hmm. Now, how you market the movie really depends on if you make will make or break your your bottom line. So Black Widow is a great example of this. Because of the pandemic, and the pandemic doesn't matter in this argument, but because of the pandemic, they had to market this movie three times because they kept pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back. This movie's been in the can for a year and a half. What they should have done is the week they said, hey, all of these were, 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 were slowing, we're shutting down to, to slow the spread for 15 days on this date. 
The day before that happened, they should have put Black Widow in the movie theater, and everybody would have gone to see it, and this would have been the last billion-dollar movie. That would have been a good strategy. So, they, and, But no, they, they, they were, you know, everyone was afraid. I get it. I get it. But regardless of, you know, the, 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 the state of the world, <laughs> this movie was not going to be well-received by fans. Now, did they make changes during the year and a half between finishing and when it came out? I don't know because there's rumors that her shield buddy was Taskmaster and it wasn't, you know, Olga's CGI head. Right. So who who knows and- what what happened between it being finished and it being done. But it being fin or being released. It being finished and it being released though, it came out. It is a it is a bad movie. It is it, but it, it's got it's got an eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, and it's got a ninety two percent audience score. And it's like, how, what movie did you people watch? Now the the eighty percent like certified fresh is access media people who live and die by Disney letting them have early access to things. Yeah, uh, well, I'll say this though. People like us, when we look at movies like this, because I, I went uh, to lunch with with my buddy. Uh, well, you know Dan Flag, oh, yeah. and last was it last week I think, and we were talking about movies and stuff like that. And I, I he you know he really enjoyed it. And one of and he's not the only person to tell me this, but mm-hmm. it's like you know just stop being so critical. He didn't, he didn't say it in like a cast again. It was just like yeah. a joke. You know, we, we've had that joke before, right? but we look at, so I can see why somebody would, a lot of people would enjoy this movie despite its serious flaws. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just put it that way. <laughs> Cause I, I enjoyed it more than you did, but it had some serious flaws yes. and the way they handled this whole thing you're right. You're absolutely right in the sense of if they wouldn't wouldn't have just and again, part of it was fear, yes, but also part of it was greed mm-hmm. and trying to get the most they can. Which I look, I get that. However, you, you, there's there comes a time where you say, okay, what's best for this movie? Not best for our bottom dollar. Mm-hmm. What's best for the audience? Not best for our bottom dollar. And they've hurt this movie by continually pushing it back more than they helped it. Well, I mean, we talked about constantly, like you even said, like, I'm not convinced that this movie's coming out until I'm sitting in the theater and the credits, the opening credits start going. And then I made the joke 15 minutes in, they're going to turn it off. They're like, no, (laughs) we got to wait two more weeks. (laughs) But going back to your point about what's more important, the talent or, you know, the people behind it in the sense of, you know, the studio, I liken it to sports again, a huge sports guy. We talk about sports all the time. What's more important, the talent on the field or the coaching in the front office? Well, this is the thing. You can have a great front office. You can have a great coach. If you don't have talent on the field, you're not going to win. Just period, full stop. True. If you have talent on the field, but you don't have the coaching staff to utilize that talent, you're not going to win. Right. It has. There's this type of, of mix in the sense of you look at every single great coach in any sport. And one thing that they had is they had at least one great player. You look at Phil Jackson. He had Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. He had, uh, he had Kobe, Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. So he you had look big at game uh, Bob Ori. Yeah. Yeah. You look at uh, the uh, what's his name? 
uh, Belichick, John Wooden. Oh, yeah. look at John Wooden when he was with at UCLA. Look at the players, the Hall of Fame players he got in UCLA. Yeah. He had Lou Sander, How he got him? He had yeah, uh, Bill Walton. But but the thing is, is with Wood, Wood I, I I think Wooden and Jackson, like the thing about them is they have a system, right? And they can yeah. they have right. a system, and they could plug any player into that system, and it would work. Um, for yeah. the most part, you know, Jackson's time with the Knicks, not so much, but, um, no, you're, you're right. And, and I think this is why, this is why, you know, reevaluating, um, what, what it means to, to make a movie and, and profit from a movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and what they really want to do, and this was so evident with Star Wars, right? They just wanted to maximize profit and in doing so, yes. They minimized profit because they made almost, you know, they made well over $2 billion on The Force Awakens. They made just over a billion on The Last Jedi and just over a billion on The Rise of Skywalker. But the problem is, is they should have made more as they went through. Absolutely. And, and, yes. And the word of mouth from The Last Jedi. And I don't care what you think about that movie. The word of mouth from The Last Jedi killed the franchise. The the way and and you know, like just like with this movie, just like with, with Black Widow, the way the creatives went after people who were critical of the movie killed it. Mm-hmm. So when you do that, <clears throat> I'm I you know, like I'm sorry, Scarlett Johansson, like the movie did not make it did not make its budget it did not make what it needed to make to to get a profit i don't think fighting for what you think you're owed is is going to work out but i think it's an important fight that you fight for actors getting paid what they're owed based on all avenues um might be another kurt flood moment yeah i mean Absolutely. i mean who knows like, I, so if you don't know who kurt flood is uh, he's the one who kind of fought for for free the idea of free agency in sports. I mean, that's an yeah, over oversimplif- oversimplification, yeah, uh, but yeah. And he and while he did not personally necessarily uh, benefit from that fight, you look at sports now and what you know the free agency <laughs> and the leverage players have now versus what they had then. I mean, it's incredible. And me and my dad and I, we were talking about, you know, this uh, a couple days ago, how in sports, how guys used to just, you know, not have any leverage. It, they, yeah. they didn't move teams a lot. No, it was, it was like you get drafted, you get signed by this team. They pretty much own you. Yes. And that's why I, I find it so hypocritical when these athletes talk about having the nerve to say how you know these owners are like plantation owners and you look at the freedom that you have to move teams you look at how guys like lebron like kevin durant kyrie irving all these players have moved teams and and gotten a pretty penny in their wallets too and that you know that comes from that fight we were talking about in the 70s and who knows i mean ScarJo is not Kurt Flood in the sense of, you know, making what he was making in the 70s or whatever. Right. Versus, you know, I mean, she she got only 20 million or whatever it was for this movie. I mean, she's worth something like, you know, like 
150 to 180 million dollars something yeah. like that so and, so it's you know hopefully it's she a did little well different. with her money and she's like i mean yeah. that's what she's earned so but yeah you're right it is different but but just the idea that that could this could change the landscape because again one of the things they're talking about in this article is that you know some of these streamers are gambling on the fact that in three to five years there's only going to be three or four major streaming platforms mm-hmm. And then in that way, they'll be able to, I don't want to say almost shortchange the talent in the sense of to lowball saying, hey, this is like work. You know, it's it's not about, you know, the big draw of the uh, of the actor. They want to do to these actors what they have done to comic books. So, yes, comics are are like comic book creators are grossly underpaid. Now, here's the thing is what they do is like they go in instead of hiring like the best writer or the best artist, they hire uh an artist who whose page rate is, you know, a fraction of what a name American artist or name, you know, artist from somewhere else in the world. And they get the these guys from South America who are who are fine artists, like Bruno Redondo for for Nightwing does a great job um you know and hopefully he's getting a good page rate but i kind of doubt it you know yeah um you look at people like uh um scott campbell who we talked about a few weeks ago with uh, the whole outrage of of him daring to go back at someone who tried to fix his artwork badly and you know kind of people were saying he was condescending he makes so much more money just doing covers than he would ever do making actually doing comics anymore because like it's worth it to Marvel DC boom, whoever to, to say, Hey, I'll, I'll pay you, you know, $1,500 to $5,000 to do this cover because it's a, like, it's going to draw people in to like get that cover. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know. And, and I, I'm really afraid of the whole idea of like, you know, they're just being Disney Plus in Netflix and Amazon. Oh, yeah. Right? That, I mean, that would that, be terrible. That's kind of terrifying. Um, I mm-hmm. like being able to use my dollars to not pay for for Paramount Plus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Again, what like, happened? Yeah. Yeah. Again, this is what happens where, and we've seen it time and time again in different avenues where you have, and I, and again, the easiest comp, the easiest comparison I make all the time, because it's just so easy to do is wrestling. Mm-hmm. When WWE bought WCW, what happened to the WWE product? Uh, for the went, last 20 years, it's been relative garbage. There's been some yeah, high moments and, for sure, but it's been more garbage than, than good. But when we had the uh, Monday Night Wars, that was when it was at its best because it had to be. It You couldn't just say, you know, write some shit out there and throw it out there and say, okay, this will stick. Because you know why? Because WCW was kicking ass. And well, WCW as a fan, I could... forced WWF to go live instead of pre-recording. Yeah. Because right. they would yeah, sit I've... there and they would talk about they would spoil what was going to happen on WWF and, and be like, here, this is what happens. You don't need to watch. And then it got to the point where they were both live and they were watching each other's programs and like, you know, trying to counter program on the fly. And it made it, it was really quite, you know, interesting. But yeah, the competition breeds 
you know, creativity, comp- uh, it breeds innovation. It yeah. always does. And if you if they get to the point where they want to go or where they're hoping to go, some of these streamers where you have a Disney Plus and Netflix and one one or two more, as a consumer, that is that should be worrisome because, you know, I, I just lauded Netflix as far as having a lot of talent in the or not a lot of talent, but a lot of mm-hmm. content. But let let's be honest, a lot of these original movie contents, not just on Netflix, but on Hulu and on Amazon Prime. And, and on Disney Plus, they're not that they're not always that great. It, it's a crapshoot. So, and that's with competition. Imagine right. if you don't have that same competition. Yeah. So, all right, just kind of to circle back and, and kind of put a pin in this because I want to I want to get to the Suicide Squad. Um, this is going to be an interesting topic to see what happens, and it's going to be really interesting to see um, how if anything kind of collusion comes out, like any kind of collusion in the background, which is illegal as far as like how to pay or not pay people um, and how these stars who had movies that were less than successful um, can, can argue that they deserve a bigger paycheck based on, you know, uh, the actual box office intake. So I don't know. It's inter- it's it's really interesting to to see what's going to happen. So yeah, it, it, yeah. More to come on this. Cool. All righty then. Let's uh, let's get to directly to uh, the the Suicide Squad Task Force X. <laughs> actually, um, I like I I like that so much. I, I I actually like that Task Force X. Well. Okay, so real quick, obviously spoilers. Um, I, 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 I do, I, I do have to eat a little bit of crow before we get started. <laughs> I actually kind of like Joel Kinman as Flag this time around. That is funny. You said that. Like, I actually, well, one because you're. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a fan of the of Joel Kinman. Um, I actually, I like. I liked I liked Flag this time around. I liked how he played him. Um, I I I feel like he was a little more just relaxed. It's funny because one of the things, and again, this is not just for this movie. His his line delivery at times feels so forced, rehearsed, <laughs> and. And and I, I felt that in this again. I didn't think he did bad at all, but I, I don't know if why if it stood out why it stood out for me in this one more than some of his other movies. But not ro- not quite robotic, but just mm-hmm. I don't know. It didn't come natural at times, and I I did I actually kind of liked his arc in this, but just from you know from that delivery because I thought the cast itself, generally speaking, was pretty good. Oh yeah, even. Uh, I mean, I really loved Idris Elba. I mean, I'm a huge Idris Elba fan. Yeah. Anyway, don't get me wrong; I don't know anything about Bloodsport in the from the comics. So I <laughs> okay, I like, liked uh, or Bloodsport. Like, <laughs> dead shot. Well, but, I was gonna say let's 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 just put this out right now. So Will Smith was supposed to be in the movie, wasn't for whatever reason. They didn't want to kill Deadshot off, so they were like, okay, let's do Bloodsport. And all they did was they took the script, they went into Word, they did a find, and everywhere it said Deadshot or Floyd Lawton, and replaced it with um, Bloodsport slash Robert Du Bois. 
That was it. It was and, the same. It was yeah. the same story. It was the the daughter and everything. That was and like now think if this was Deadshot, that all of that would have landed a little better mm-hmm. with the whole uh, daughter thing uh, in prison and and you know her at the end. That's my dad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that that was the it's so it's just like that movie Salt. With uh, Tom Tom Cruise was supposed to be the lead, and then Angelina Jolie was the lead because yeah. something, and uh, they didn't bother rewriting; they just changed the name of the character. <laughs> yeah, that that when you were talking about lazy, that's lazy right there. So, yeah, like that that's that was one of the things that bothered me a little bit. Um, but it it's it's such a minor gripe that like it's only worth talking about because it's interesting that they did it. <laughs> Yeah, but I will say this: I liked him much more than I like Will Smith. Well, yeah, he wasn't like some weird like pimp. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, I, I thought I thought Bloodsport was was a cool character. I liked, um, I liked the get up. Um, you know, Bloodsport's been through a few iterations. Um, one of which is he can just create weapons from kind of out of nowhere. Um, I love that part. I liked that, that mo- it was a suit and not a power. Yeah. Uh, yes. That was interesting. And I liked his hesitance and, and how he tried to not be a part of the Suicide Squad. And then his daughter's outside, you know, uh, antics of shoplifting got, you know, got him in there. Yeah. And and to further with Elba and Bloodsport, Cat, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier should have halted production, waited to see this movie and show how you do kind of like that rivalry bromance with him and Peacemaker. I thought that was very well done. Uh, John Cena was, I was, I really like John Cena in this role. Idris and Elba it, it, brought him up. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Not, not, not all the way to Idris's level, but like he mm-hmm. brought John Cena up to a level that John Cena, that is not like, one, yeah. it was really weird to just see him talking to like a hel- a floating helmet, um, the whole movie. But mm-hmm. two, like when the helmet did talk, it was like wow, like that this helmet gives lines. And I, I know John Cena was supposed to be in the movie, but I mean, I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and we've talked about this before, where certain actors can bring up someone else's performance mm-hmm. and. Yeah, that's absolutely because I was going to say I have not seen I've not been as enthralled with the John Cena performance, especially, you know, again, I'm not going to, you know, towards the end and watching his character be show a little depth that because he seems like at first he's a you know, this this comic relief character Mm -hmm. that is all about liberty at any cost. (laughs) (laughs) I will bring peace no matter how many people I have to kill. That was a great line. No matter but who I see, have to kill, that was that was like always the end, right? He, he'd say something, yeah. He'd say something like, "Yeah," and then no matter who I have to kill, <laughs> yeah. <Jesus>. And <laughs> and you think it's just like kind of like almost like an automaton, but you see it's a little bit more. It's deeper than that, especially toward mm-hmm. the end where he's like he got he's set to do something, and you can tell he doesn't want to do it, but he's like, "I have to do this right. for peace, for liberty." And I thought that was a nice little change towards what I was expecting from his, this character. Yeah. Agreed. 100, uh, 100%. Um, 
Yeah, I liked him. I loved Sylvester Stallone as <laughs> King Shark. Dude, um, King Shark was awesome. So they uh so King Shark was originally supposed to be the hammerhead version. And they changed that because it was kind of gonna be hard for the actors to know like where to look, like because mm -hmm. the eyes are on the side of the head. And they, they, they said they made the head like smaller so it wouldn't be so adorable. And they gave him a dad it's bod. Still, He's super adorable. Yeah. You just want to hug it's, him. I, was, I know. That's nom, what I was going to say. Nom, nom. Nom, nom. <laughs> like, how, how, how deep do you sleep? Right. Yeah, that, <laughs> dude, she was always asleep. Like, did you ever notice they had to wake her yes. up for everything? Um, yeah. Uh, we'll get to her in a sec. Uh, Flag was good this time out. Um, the first 15 to 20 minutes is like balls to the wall action and you know was a great way to see this is how you subvert expectations mm -hmm. you you yeah. you again spoilers you have the crew and you put fan the fan the fan one of the fan favorites probably the second fan favorite from the first movie jai courtney captain boomerang in there and you have Nathan Fillion in there, and you have um, Michael Rooker. Michael, yeah, Michael Rooker, and uh, what's his name, Pete um, Davidson. Yeah, who I'm like hit or miss on, um, but yeah, you had Nathan Nathan Fillion in there. You had you know the 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 whole the crew, right? The the fur the who you think is the Suicide Squad. Uh, you had Mongal in there. Yeah, um, and you you weasel. <laughs> And you you just wipe them out in the first ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, I yeah I, that that even threw me off. Even though I knew that look, this is Suicide Squad. A lot of them are gonna die. I did not expect those those first ten minutes like to go like that. Well, I didn't expect them to have two teams. And then, but the fact that like so the fact that like Rick Flag and Harley Quinn were with them. You're like, oh, okay. These guys are, you know, they're they're covered in the 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 plot the plot armor is thick and 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 <laughs> and wide. So you guys should be okay. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was good. It was uh it was a nice thing. Um, and then the Suicide Squad that we got, the Task Force X team that we got with Bloodsport and Peacemaker and King Shark. And Polka Dot Man, who was uh, David uh, Malchin. Dash Mal yeah, Dash Malchin. Uh, who literally stole the movie, in my opinion. And then... Um, Daniela Melchior is a yeah. rat catcher, too. Who, who I, I really also her. stole the movie. Uh, as well, her and Sebastian. Um, <laughs> I, I, I thought... Ratatouille. Yeah, right? <laughs> I thought this was a much better... Example of the Suicide Squad, and the David Ayer, well, the 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 Warner Brothers influenced David Ayer Suicide Squad. Correct. Um, this was this was just one of those things where it had it had really good humor. Um, and it had it actually had a pretty decent story to it as far as like what they were trying to do to get to Starro. Um. I will say this movie was about 35 minutes too long. I, I don't think I don't think there's any reason this movie should be uh, 18 minutes shorter than Infinity War. None. And I also no don't understand why the idea of this being a 90 minute movie 
seems foreign to people when I say this. Um, the scene with Harley and the president of Corto Maltese, that mm-hmm. whole that whole thing should have just been her assassinating him. Yeah. It didn't need any of that other exposition because it didn't add anything to the film. It should have been they pulled her out of the hole, right? They took her to like stand trial or whatever, and she kills him and then goes on her murderous rampage. Yes, which, by the way, I love that rampage. Uh, The only problem with the rampage, and again, this is just a nitpick, is she should have been laughing maniacally the whole time. She was so like stern and serious and methodical, and that's not Harley. No. but I I, I would agree with that. I, I will say this. Um, anyone out there who wants to do a Margot Robbie, like straight up action flick, I don't know if she did her own stunts or who the stunt woman was with her. Like, let's get the two of them back together. Let's get them in like, like one of these like peppermint <clears throat> atomic blonde, you know, uh, John Wick knockoff movies. And, and let's see where that get where that takes. So us. I, one of the things I noticed, like toward the end, when they're running towards Starro, you can see that's her. That's not her stunt double. Yeah. She 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 moves like an athlete, and and I say yeah. this a lot where with 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 actors and stuff like when they when they throw a punch or when they, it, just when they run, and it's like you can tell someone who is athletic just by how they move. And Margot Robbie is absolutely athletic, so, so I don't know if she was throwing like those kicks, like in that. Yeah, scene I wasn't sure about the, that. The, yeah, I guess that was like a jail where she was like busting people with the the grated doors, um, mm-hmm. but like that was that was. That was some of the best action in the whole whole show. Um, also, Harley spent too much time on her own because this iteration of Harley does really well playing off of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Just my opinion. We just had a three-hour conversation that your name was Milton. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Milton? <laughs> oh, Milton. <laughs> yeah, I, I, anyway. I agree with that. Like, um, the whole... Yeah. That whole story with the president should have been nixed. Um, I yeah. liked seeing her more with the other characters yes. and how, like you said, how she played well, off of the them. The whole like, Just like Mel Gibson being tortured in Lethal Weapon homage mm-hmm. was was great. And then, uh, like the way she <laughs> that was Harley, like she's singing, yeah. "I ain't got nobody." Uh, and then the other the other thing is the the Freedom Fighters. Mm-hmm. Um. Wow, that was great to watch Bloodshot. Oh my god! And Peacemaker kill them all. Like, I didn't realize in in like not realizing. Yeah, that was that was the payoff of that was great, right? That yeah. should have been the end of that story. Yeah, like where? Why did my men tell me? Oh, we yeah. didn't see anybody. Uh, they're <laughs> like, what? What men? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we were very like, yeah, quiet, the- and then. Uh, <laughs> Poke it out, man. I, I killed them all. <laughs> they looked like my mother. Oh, my goodness. Oh, his psychosis was great. Um, but, yeah, honestly, for me, like, that is the biggest flaw in this movie. Outside of the fact that now we understand why Zack Snyder didn't do the space octopus in um, in Watchmen. Oh, my goodness. I I, I Watching that. I don't know if it was purposely done to the level of cheese that he did, but it took me out of the movie and I was laughing and not because it was funny, but because it was so bad. So here, here so bad here. Here was the one, the one issue with the design of Starro. He did not have eyelids. It was just a mm-hmm. giant eye. 
Like the, there was no reason that giant eye should have been open in the daylight like it was because its pupil would have been a pinprick. Um, mm-hmm. Like it needed it needed to look less weird, and, and especially on the little starros as well, it needed the 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 eyelids um mm-hmm. to to kind of fix that a little bit just to to look less off-putting um but i will say uh i love starro um i'm 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 equal parts like super stoked that starro was in the movie and disappointed that they wasted it on the suicide squad and not justice league mm-hmm. yeah i'm like literally equal parts um i'm i'm not like like and and again it looked like uh, a character from Yo Gabba Gabba, uh, which is not necessarily a diss. It just it it was just kind of like it was so strange that it went from this like really slick, like realistic looking film to 1960s kaiju film. Yeah, and the guy even says it's a freaking kaiju yeah. out in the streets. So, um, Brian Ag, the character who did that, by the way, did all the mocap for King Shark. Oh, okay. I so, didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, what uh, James Gunn's brother can't do all the mocap for ever. Sean Gunn <laughs> can't do all the mocap for everybody. So, but he was Weasel. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a. Where, where do see some of the dialogue? Just that just made me think of the dialogue. It was like, like what? Do, what kind of a doll? What kind of doll do you think this is? <gasps> He's not a werewolf. He's a weasel, and he's. Oh, he's cute. He he's killed twenty seven. <laughs> yeah, he's perfectly harmless. Oh, he's... He killed twenty seven kids. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I like honestly, like I think, like I, I don't want to like spoil everything about this. Like, um, I, I feel like it was cast very well. Uh, I'm sad to see Captain Boomerang gone. Uh, I thought not Peter forgotten. Capaldi as the thinker was fantastic casting. Um, he looked and in amazing. his short, his short time as the thinker, he was so much better than the thinker on the Flash movie in the Flash TV show. The, the, the Flash had a, a thinker. That's it, the reason I stopped I watching. That. It's the reason I stopped watching the Flash. Is yeah. that whole thinker story arc? That was that was god awful. Um, the detachable kid, uh. I know it was supposed to be funny, but it didn't land. In no, my it opinion. Didn't. Um, the other thing is the detachable kid is super perverse. <laughs> so just sending his arms over would not have been something he would have done. Um, but all, like also it was just it just that that didn't work either. Um, the scene in the nightclub was really good. Um, the the, the entirety of the action sequence at the end i felt was was solid yeah yeah i agree i thought the action was solid i liked pretty much all the characters i and how they played off of one another i did like that the dynamic between uh blood sport and and rap catcher too yep they kind of made that bond although i thought it was a little bit not i won't say forced but it it like how they bonded going on the bus going to the club. I yeah. thought that was, I did like how they showed her story in the mm-hmm. window pane. I yeah. thought that was well done from a cin- cin- uh, cinematic standpoint. And we're also reaching like uh Taika Waititi overload at this point. Just putting that one out there. 
Yeah, that's that's there, true. There, one, we're getting to to too, too much Taika. So, yeah. so he's the, very special, and he should be treated as such. Yeah, the one disappointing thing that I did have, other than the terrible Starro um, visual, was that the music for me did not really connect. It was distracting. With the scenes. Yeah, it it actually reminded me of the first Suicide Squad in the sense of it. The music I. The first Suicide Squad, I like the score, the soundtrack better than this one. But every time a song came on, it did not flow. You look at Guardians of the Galaxy, for example, the first one, particularly the first one, and how well each scene is is brought up yeah. by the song that's used in yep. that scene. So. This is not the case in this one. So, But it our, wasn't yeah. as distracting as the first one, You're I, right. I don't it, believe. So I, I don't think this was as good as Guardians 2 for example. Right. You know, if you if we're looking if we're looking at the James Gunn superhero movies, like Guardians is far and away. The first Guardians is the best. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um probably Scott Pilgrim is number 2 in my opinion. Uh then you have Guardians 3, then you have this. Or Guardians 2, then you have this. Yeah. And and that's not a knock. They're all four very good movies. Um I will say right now this is rocking a 92 on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, to be fair, this is probably closer to a 75 to 80% movie, not a 92. Um, mm -hmm. the audience score is 87, which I think is a little bit high as well, um, for what this is. And I think we're still living in that honeymoon period of holy shit movies are back. I was just going to say, yeah. So, absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, like, uh, since the last couple weeks that we've had movies in the theaters, our numbers have gone back up. So not that our, I mean, not pre-pandemic but like our numbers have definitely gone up because of theaters being open again i 100 percent correlate um yeah so i i like i said i like this i think it's it's 35 minutes too long um but that's most movies right now like everything's just so overblown we need to get back to mm -hmm. more concise storytelling to be honest but yeah. it, it it's really good um king shark is a treat uh, David Desmalchin as the Polka Dot Man is an underrated show stealer. Um, oh, what was her name again? Daniela Mel Melchior. Melchior as Ratcatcher 2, who is not a character. She's made for this movie. Um, was was great. I actually, like, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about her. And I ended up really liking her. I thought she, yeah, I, she I, did I a great job. Yeah, I really liked her. My favorite thing was she was uh, borderline narcoleptic. Yeah. <laughs> um, now let's 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 say um, they're doing a Peacemaker spinoff, which is obviously going to be a prequel. Um, but this movie had a trope that you tend to dislike, um, and I'm interested to see how you felt it was executed. Because when when I talked to you before you watch this, um, you know it does the three days later after something happens and then it does the eight hours later and then the eight minutes later or eight minutes before, and, the now. and then eight minutes before and then the now um but it, it goes back to that well four or five times in the movie yeah i again we've talked about this on on the show where i i supernatural was the show that i think i really saw that in you know the when it, you know the five seasons that it had B bsg uh, <laughs> bsg was very BSG, yeah very guilty well, of this trope yeah and it's it's fine when you use to quote you restraint 
And I don't know if this was kind of in tongue in cheek and, and it seemed like it was more of a tongue in cheek way they used it. I still yeah. think it was overload. And again, being telling a more concise story, snipping things down here and there would have prevented them from prevented the need from doing this. Yeah. Yep. They didn't, they could have been a more straightforward story and it would have been, the movie would have been um, more streamlined for it. And I think it would have been uh, more enjoyable for it, even though I did enjoy it. I don't, I, I say at least 20, I know you say 35 minutes, it, at, at easily 20 minutes could have been cut out of this. Yeah. But 20 minutes still has it like close to that two hour mark. And which is know. for me, that's fine. Again, that's like, that. that's fine for me. Uh, but I think I do think some things could have been reworked and it might have gotten a, some more time off. And I don't mean just scenes cut. I mean, yeah. things reworked. Right, right, right. So anyway. Um, all right. So out of 10 um, decoy suicide squads, what do you give this? <sighs> I'm giving it a 6.5. Okay. Um I had issues with it. I thought, yeah, and again, the negatives were the Starro was just taking me out of the movie. The music didn't vibe with me. And there were things, scenes that weren't necessary or should have been reworked to cut it out, cut it down. With that being said, I, for the most part, I love the cast. Mm -hmm. I love the action. I liked a lot of the humor. You know, humor's, there's no movie that humor, every humor, humorous thing lands. So oh, overall, I think oh, as a movie, it's decent, but. I actually, I just had a good time watching it. And it's one of those that I will watch again. And unfortunately, I have to say this, I would watch this multiple times before I watch Black Widow multiple times. Yeah. Just because as a movie itself, I think it was more entertaining and it was less of a mess. Yes. Well, everyone has until like September 5th to watch this for free on HBO Max. Um, all right. So for me, all right, degree of difficulty in this one um i it, this had a high degree of difficulty i'm gonna give this one a nine for its degree of difficulty because it's coming off of um a controversial suicide squad and it's coming off following up um the snyder cut which while i was not a fan of i definitely recognize that people really enjoyed um so this was this movie could have gone horribly wrong and it absolutely mm -hmm. did not um, I'm actually going to be a little more optimistic than you, and I'm going to go with a full seven for this. Whoa. There um, we go. I've watched it twice already. Um, I'll definitely watch it again. I may actually pay to go see this in the theater, to be honest. Yeah. I'll, I, I'll, I'll I will say you do not have to see this on the big screen. It works just no. fine on your television, or in the case of me yeah. at the gym this morning, on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I'll be watching it again this week sometime. I know that. So, so yeah, I'm 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 debating, like I wasn't sure if I was gonna let Haley watch this, and after watching it, I'm like, yeah, you, this is fine. There's nothing like, you know, this there's nothing like so horrible that a 14 year old can't watch this. Yeah. So, um, cool. All right. So we, I, you know what? We're just over an hour. So let's uh, let's call it a day. Um, Thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you. Welcome back for the people who, who are back. Welcome to all the new listeners. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can find all the information you need about us at infamouspodcast.com. 
Uh, check out our new shop. We have um, we actually have two shops now. We have one through Flying Pork Apparel, which is like our bespoke, uh, really cool and creative shirts. And then we have a, a threadless shop now where you can get all sorts of cool stuff like pillows and towels and cups and shirts and <laughs> everything. Um, and uh, actually today I'm rocking our, our Nerd Den studio, which is the name of my home office slash studio that we record from. Which we made a, I had a logo made for that, and it's really cool, and uh, I'm proud of it. <laughs> so, anyway, any last words? No, looking forward to uh, a little bit more theater going though, and yep. I, I am I'm curious. I, I do want to watch this again, so yeah, see what my second uh, viewing because sometimes that changes things for me. But I I really enjoyed I, it. I, I had no drop off or like rise of my initial opinion mm-hmm. of this album. So it's okay. Movie. Yeah. So, um, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a 92% movie. It is. It's definitely, but like, you know, even a 75 to 80, it's not, I mean, that's a great movie still. <laughs> yeah. So right. Absolutely. Um, it definitely has problems, but what movie doesn't. And it's super enjoyable. And I'm not, I'm not even giving it the grace of like, Oh, movies are back you know mm-hmm. so um but yeah all right well on that note if you don't have anything else we'll talk to you guys later see you bye pfs podcast is recorded in kings mills ohio just north of cincinnati you can find new episodes every sunday on apple podcast youtube spotify google podcast our website or anywhere podcasts are downloaded The show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.